Well, hello, and welcome to the e-commerce evolution podcast, where we bring you the best of what's new and what's next in e-commerce. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And our mission with this show is to interview the top merchants, the top marketers, and the experts shaping the e-commerce industry. Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I am your host, Brett Curry, and I am super excited about today's topic. I usually am, but today is going to be super fun. We're actually talking about emerging trends, new technology, and the state of omnichannel, even though a lot of people, myself included, don't really like the word omnichannel. It's still relevant, and, and so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, my guest today, really excited to have Bart Moraz, and he is the CEO of Sumo Heavy, and they're a strategy consulting and execution firm, which is unique and exciting. And so with that, Bart, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for taking the time. Really glad to have you on. Hello, sir. How are you? I am good. I'm good. So if you would, I think it's always helpful to get a little bit of your background and also talk about Sumo Heavy. First of all, fascinating name. I don't know if you want to divulge how you came up with the name, but, but what do you guys do and what is a strategy consulting and execution firm? Sure. So the Sumo Heavy name or Sumo Heavy Industries is actually our full name. Um, it's a very convoluted uh, story, but it's basically uh, my name and our creative director's name combined for Sumo. And then we just went from there. Um, so it's a really cheesy name, but uh, nice. it, it kind of, yeah, we always wanted, we wanted a uh, firm name that, isn't like, you know, uh, creative solutions, web development. Like we just didn't right. want that. We just something off and like the brand and they just made it more fun. Um, it's also, you know, a sumo guy and we're surprisingly agile. So it kind of fits all kinds of things. Perfect. At the same time. Nice little metaphor there. You guys yeah, are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We do big work, but also we're a boutique and small and really agile. And we you're, work you're sumo heavy and <laughs> sumo flexible, which you know, maybe a little, little tagline for you there. So, so, yeah. um, so we're a strategy and consulting firm. Um, we also do the sort of the production work of that. Um, and what that really means for us is that we work with um, e-commerce or online retail um, and really just commerce at the moment now. Um, companies that and, and help them do uh, take their companies into more efficiencies and more profitability. Um, so we'll work with internal teams, we'll work with their systems, making them a lot more efficient. Um, and that, that comes with different things altogether, but there's really, that's kind of how we look at it fully. Nice. And we'll, we'll get into more of that as we go. It'll become clear as you kind of give insights and your take on our, our topics. It'll, that'll all become clear as well. But just curious, how did you get into digital commerce? So what, what's your, what's your path, uh, into this space in this industry? Accidental, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's usually the way it goes. Yeah, yeah usually. Um, so I, um, I actually come from networking, security um, type of background, um, technology support, um, those kind of those kind of things. Um, used to you know set up servers and set up networks and set up security and all that kind of stuff. Um, but always was you know fascinated with the web and, and things like that and. Um, I actually had a, a company before that we did all web stuff. Um, and then Magento came along at some point and our, one of our clients wanted to be on it. And when it was beta, we're like, you're crazy. He goes, you know, he was like, Hey, you know, this is going to be big and stuff like that. Um, that company folded, but, um, 
my current business partner was all e-commerce and we just kind of went from there. So we decided to be very niche on commerce world. Um, and that's the only thing we do. We only do e-commerce work. I love it. I love it. Now I heard a little bit of your background that you're actually an immigrant, right? And, and you moved to the, the States, I think when you were 12, if I remember correct. I am best? indeed. Yep. Yeah. Um, came to the States when I was 12. Um, yeah. From Poland, uh, born and raised there. So I live in the, in fun communism. Um, till it fell <laughs> and then I was allowed to come over. Interesting. So, so talk about that. What was, what was that transition like? I think this should be fascinating for a lot of listeners. What was that transition like? What was the adjustment like? Was it, was it all like this big aha? Wow. I love this, this place called America or was it, was it really weird? Um, it was weird a little bit. Um, so my parents actually came here long before I did, um, and so I had did not have them for a little bit of my life and, and I, then I have them. So that was kind of a little bit of adjustment. My sister was born here. So that's a lot of adjustment. Um, and then when you come here, I had new five words of English, which is a totally different adjustment. Um, so that was always interesting. But other than that, like, I, I think I got into, it, it was different, but it wasn't at the same time. Um, so to me, it, it definitely adjustment time because you got to learn English and stuff like that. But then you got in the groove of it. I I had I, I mean I have both right. I, I grew up with my grandparents. Um, I understand communism what it was, but it was the end of communism. So you just didn't know any better, and you got here and you're like, okay, well this is how this works. So and I was too young to actually understand a lot of it till later in life. Right. Right. Gotcha. And, and, you know, I think it, it's interesting and there's probably a few reasons behind this, but, you know, so many successful entrepreneurs are immigrants. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know if it's just uh, just a work ethic that's required to even, you know, go from understanding five words of English to being fluent or or how, how do I break into an industry just takes this dog of determination. I'm just speculating because I, I, I was born born here. But yeah, I mean, my parents, when they first came here, I mean, they worked their butts off and you have that determination to just work, you know, to yeah, do something. Yeah. That's what you got to do. And especially when you come, yeah, especially when you come from countries that are like, that were communism and, and you, you understood it. Like it's just different, you know? Um, and then land of opportunity, obviously, and just go, you just go hustle. You got to go do it, you know? So you just, you know, I have that built in for both my parents they are both hardworking. They, they would, they got with, you know, somewhere. So I have that built in. Nice. Nice. And so you, you guys uh, moved to Philly originally. Is that right now you're in the New York city area? Uh, yeah. Um, we, so I, I live, in Philly for most of my life. Um, I just moved to New York about four years ago or so. Um, basically all my, <clears throat> we started a company in Philly and then my business partner actually just moved back with his wife back to Philly. So we have both offices now, New York and Philly. Nice. Nice. That's awesome, man. Well, Hey, great to hear the background and, and, uh, love to hear uh, people's stories there. So let's, let's just dive right in. Let's, let's dry, dive right into a hot topic here. But you're you're in the industry. You're consulting with a lot of big firms. Uh, you're in high demand. What what are you seeing as some of the new technologies that are going to disrupt e-commerce here over the next say one to five years? I know that's pretty broad range. A lot can happen in that period of time. But what are what are the disruptive technologies that you see that are that are legitimate that will likely happen? Um, everything from AR, AI, you know, everything that you hear from every single side of it to drones to, you know, everybody's trying to figure out how to do this really well. I think in the next few years, like the mobile side of it, um, and I guess for big companies, cause all the smaller ones are already doing it. I think bigger companies are still sort of lacking the idea that everything's just done on the phone anyway. 
um, except for the behemoth of Amazon, but this is what they do for a living, right? Um, I think that's going to be disruptive, and and I think chatbots or AI on, on that kind of side would be interesting. Um, and it's getting better and better and better. Yeah, and so let's let's talk about that specific topic, and then we'll dive into a few others because this is this is fun and and I think fascinating. <laughs> so with the, the chatbot side of things, and, and this is one of those deals where I was just at, at Internet Retailers Convention and exhi- Exhibition, so IRCE in Chicago. I know you guys skipped that one this year, but uh, there was a little bit of a buzz around chatbots. But it was funny, like the the one chatbot booth I came, I went and talked to the the company. It seemed like nice folks, um, they hadn't launched yet. So they were just there kind of to, as a pre-launch type mm-hmm. thing. But I do think that's going to take, the, the, that will gain traction. Obviously, chatbots are huge in China and other markets. But w- when will that become significant here, do you think? And in, and in, in what forms? Like, is this mainly going to be on Facebook Messenger that people are going to be using chatbots? Or what, what do you think that's going to look like? No, I think it, right now I think it's going to be your typical customer service, right? So yes, Facebook Messenger or any messenger or text messaging even, I think that's going to be that for now. You're, you know, where's my stuff? Those kind of things, right? Um, what's going to happen is that, you know, AI is tricky. It, it depends how you look at it from machine learning to, you know, chatbots. You need data. You need a lot of data. So it's going to take years before you get all that data processed and where you're going to go with it. You know, so that's tricky too, to where you actually, it's a big, huge thing where you wouldn't know if it's a person or a chatbot. Um, I and think so, right so now, by data, you mean so, so that the, the machine can learn and say, I have all this stored, all these stored responses, all the stored understanding of, of what they might be asking for when they use this language. Just understand, being able to understand intent and give an intelligent response. Is that what you kind of mean by yeah. data? Yeah, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be better and better and better. You know, right now you're going to see a lot of those, you know, replacing the basics, right? Like I said, to where's my stuff? Can I return this? How does this work? Those kind of things that your typical questions that are out there, FAQs, where people just want the answer really quickly, right? You're walking down the street, you're, you're trying to buy something, you just want the answer really quick instead of going through the FAQ side of it. Got it. I know, I know you work with some larger e-commerce companies. Is this is this topic of, of AI and chatbots, and, and I know chatbots just a, a subset of AI, but uh, is that is that something they're talking about and thinking about or or – no, not yet. Okay, I have, okay. We haven't the, the company, the bigger companies. We haven't seen that. The small ones, sure, a little bit. Um, you know, in reality, it's the big ones are going to be always afraid to jump in first. Mm. Um, the small ones just don't have the resources to do it. Right. Um, it's the whole the whole pioneers come back with arrows thing for the bigger companies, right? Where they're they're fearful of, yeah. of the missteps. Right. I mean, if you're, you're also smarter from the e-commerce, you got to look at what's the biggest bang for like what, you know, you got to look at, um, do you bring more revenue in or work on your margin too? Right. So anything new, does it actually, is, is there bang for the buck? And once that becomes the, you know, when you start using chatbots where it's like they can answer stuff and, you know, you, you have a bigger sort of um, your customer service is not bogged down by stuff and it's faster and stuff like that, then it's going to come around. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so what are the, the, the bigger companies you guys are working with? What technology are they all in on now? So what are they, what are they, what are they pushing for right now? Uh, just getting more money in. <laughs> right on, right on. It's, it's more of your typical, you know, 
Uh, just I business problems and not, not so yeah, much. Yeah, it's business problems, always business problems, right? Looking at ERP systems, looking at is is our current e-commerce platform the right thing? You know, there's somebody was always mentioning that, you know, uh, in the next two years, you know, 70% of e-commerce sites want to do replatform. Well, that stat is there every year. It right. doesn't really matter. Right. Everybody looks at new things. Is it worth it? Some people keep it. You know, people are still on very old e-commerce platforms and they're still working on it, um, which is always interesting. Um, so that, that's kind of like the bigger ones are always looking at how they can sell better. But it's not always the newest technology out there. Gotcha. So and, and you know, one of the things we, we read a lot about and, and that I'm interested in for sure is, you know, augmented reality, virtual reality. So if if the bigger companies are barely talking about chatbots, they're probably not thinking about AR and VR a whole lot either, right? Or at least it's it's just a, a down-the-road type of idea for them. Yeah, it's once again, is it worth it, right? For somebody like you guys, we, we kind of saw that, you know, the Apple stuff is coming out and Ikea is the first one to do it. But that makes sense for them, right? It makes sense for them to have that AR experience, right? And what and what is the Ikea experience? I've heard a little bit about it, but but... Basically, you have your iPad on your phone and in your space, you can actually place a chair, a lamp and stuff like that for, you know, Ikea furniture in your space and see it. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then the way they're doing it is it's, you know, Apple's AR is really beautiful and has the shadows and you turn the lamp on and has a shadow to it. So it, it kind of fits all those kind of things. And that makes sense for furniture. Right. It, it definitely is. I think it's a good, good investment for them. Yeah, makes sense in, in furniture, anything homeware. I could potentially see it in, in in apparel at some point, although that that becomes trickier to kind of make that look like it's going to fit you. But, but yeah. you, you know, you see things with the Amazon Echo Look. You know, the the new device from Amazon that takes mm-hmm. full body pictures, and then they give you recommendations on your outfits and things. Which right, and I think companies listen. Companies are going to test stuff if they have enough money to do that to play with. It's not going to be like one of those like, oh, we're fully getting into it. They'll probably test a lot of this kind of stuff and if they have the budget for R&D. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. So uh, any companies to watch either from the merchant perspective? So these merchants, they're pushing, they're innovating, they're trying new technology, whether it's augmented reality like like Ikea is doing or others. Uh, so any merchants to watch? And, and then also be curious about any of the service providers that you're interested in or, or that people should potentially pay attention to? Uh, Amazon, Amazon. Uh, and Amazon. I've heard of them and Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like every day they make an announcement of some <laughs> new category that they, you, you know, they're just going to completely take over. And, yeah, and uh, last week was a doozy. I mean, come on, like those guys just go nutty about that stuff. But I mean, they're, they're good to watch. Obviously, um, you know, you kind of want to watch Walmart a little bit more. Their e-commerce labs or whatever they're calling it. Um, is where all that e-commerce is going. Um, they're obviously trying to compete with Amazon and trying to outdo them. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but it's a good shot. Um, yeah, and I mean, they're one of the only companies that have the deep enough pockets to to potentially make a, a run at Amazon. And I think they're doing some interesting things by buying up these e-commerce players, these these pure play companies that mm-hmm. have a lot of talent and, and have great brands and they're nothing like Walmart in most cases, like Bonobos and Moose Jaw and things like that. So the, the, it is very interesting what what Walmart is is doing, and and uh, but you know they're they're largely being outshadowed by by Amazon, like like they always are. Uh, case in point, the Whole Foods acquisition that Amazon had that kind of 
cast a huge shadow over the was it the bonobos uh, mm-hmm. acquisition mm-hmm. yeah from all it was it was literally the same day and that was that was a bad luck with pr yeah i mean nobody but us e-commerce nerds are even talking about the walmart bonobos acquisition right i mean everyone's talking mm-hmm. about amazon and, and whole foods and so yeah, that was that uh, was uh yeah, that's a, it was i think like 10 minutes later amazon <laughs> releases there and you're like yeah. well okay you know bezos is just having an evil laugh <laughs> At uh, at his his good fortunes and Walmart's uh, poor fortunes on that, so <laughs> it's awesome. Any any particular, and then this may be hard to call. And you may not want to mention particular companies, and if not, that's totally fine. But on the on the vendor side of thing, are there are, are there any things anything you've observed where you've said either one that company is probably going to do something cool, or that technology eventually is going to just be amazing? Yeah, I think so. Um, Shopify is doing some interesting stuff. So we're yeah. Magento. We've been working with Magento for a very long time and still love it, still work on it, will work on it. Um, you know, we, we kind of twisted a little bit more because we do a lot of different tech. Um, but then we started looking what Shopify just launched. And I think they have a good shot at the under $10 million in sales market um, going after really, really well because of all the stuff they're doing with it. Um, their, their tech is just being better and better and better. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of of Shopify. I love their trajectory and love their their energy around innovation and and what they're doing. And and we we exhibited at at IRCE this year. We're actually directly across from Shopify, so we got to talk to several people there. And then then have some friends at Shopify. We, I've written some some blogs for them and things. Uh, talk to other service providers, and there's just a, there's a huge buzz right now about mm-hmm. Shopify and people that went to Unite. Specifically, just saying, man, the the energy around Shopify, the developer community is awesome. What the company's doing is amazing. So, uh, any any uh, other tidbits or insights there? What what is it, what is Shopify doing that's so impressive? Or are there are there a couple things that you're more excited about there than than others? Yeah, all the stuff they released at Unite was always interesting. And I think all the side of sort of plus, I would say, you know, at Unite, I would say, I don't know, maybe 20, 25% of people that were there did Magento and still do Magento work. And, you know, they were there to look at what Shopify released. And they released it right there on the spot, which was interesting. Um, anything from, you know, all the new mobile stuff to, to POS systems to, new scripting stuff. Um, they're just really, really hitting sort of all the pain points um, for a small shop. Um, you know, we're still belief of, you know, right, use the right tool for for the right thing. And, you know, Magento is very flexible. And it does what it does, um, which is out there. Um, you know, for a smaller shop, you, you have some considerations to do. I mean, BigCommerce is great too. It does They do a lot of good work too. Um, it's just for some reason, it's just Shopify just, Blast it out there. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I'm hearing as well. That you know, and big commerce is trying to go upstream, a little more enterprise, developing that mm-hmm. offering, and, and it seems like they're having some success there at least. And 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 you know, the way that I've seen it and heard it is that you know, before if you were enterprise or needed any customization, I mean, you just had to choose something like Magento. But now that the gap is being closed more uh, between. Shopify Plus and Magento, and and for some people, and I think you you hit it on the head there. The under ten million, hey, you've got some decisions to make. That that's a real conversation to have on what platform to choose. Absolutely, especially right now with moving over to Magento too, right? Um, you kind of go, you know, your e-commerce manager, you have a decision to make. Do I move to Magento too, which is a bit of work, um, or look for something else? And that's really a, a decision where you have to play that. 
Um, and I'm going to, you're probably going to see a lot of the smaller shops go towards Shopify or big commerce. Yep. Yep. And, and it almost seems like, and I'm not an expert in this space. We work with a lot of Magento, uh, clients and some Magento shops even, but it seems really like Magento is trying to move up markets. So they're mm-hmm. strategically they're I was about okay to say the same that. thing. Yeah. Yep. I, I was with the same exact thing where they're, they're moving up market. Right. Um, and Shopify is moving up market too for, for different things. And I think that's a good sort of look at, right? Because if you, if you really think about it, um, and you guys, you know, you kind of worked around Magenta world. Um, I think going Magenta going up channel a little more is a good thing for them because the, the, the companies that can afford to even, even if they're using the community version, if they can afford the technology, the development team to do it, you know, will win that really, really well. Whereas if you're in a smaller side, it's a little tricky when you're small um, to do a Magento implementation. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Any other new developments on the platform side of things? So any uh, either any other platforms to watch or yeah. any new developments there? <laughs> uh, actually, um, so because we're from Philly, uh, Weblink has been around for a very long time in the e-commerce space. They're new sort of their new version of their uh, Ruby on Rails version of what they've had and they just renamed it to Workplace um, is interesting. Uh, it's interesting how they're going about it. Um, I think it's a good platform to play with. Um, I've seen few people in our sort of in our world uh, kind of head that way and few partners are starting to develop on top of it. And, and where where do they kind of line up in the ecosystem? I mean, are they kind of com- competing for that same Shopify store owner, big yeah. commerce store owner, or no? You're you're talking op channel with Got them. It. Got it. Um, I think they they originally did uh, Nasty Gal and Hello Kitty, and they've been around they've been around for, for a long time to know better. Um, but also they've developed a system to have partners develop on top of it. Gotcha, gotcha. Very cool, very cool. Let's talk about about payments a little bit, and and this is a topic that I've definitely become more interested in over the last year and a half to two years. Uh, I'm a marketing guy at heart, and and you know that's where I spend most of my time. But but seeing the impact that payments have and payment innovation has on on everything on the conversion process has made me become a, a kind of a bit of a fan of of paying attention to payments. But what what new payment technologies, what what payment offerings, what payment companies are you watching right now, and what what trends do you expect to to really come to fruition here soon? Apple, <laughs> Apple Pay, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, their new iMessage sort of once that comes out um, is going to be interesting because they're directly hitting somebody like Venmo. Um, just the idea of you know Apple Pay being just very easy to use. And, you know, um, about two years ago, we were talking about it's going to come to the web. It's going to come to a web. Nobody believed it. it came to the web. So there's the, the whole idea of shopping that way is so nice. Like you, you order some, even, even just off your computer where you're like, Oh, I just want to shop and the shop has Apple pay. And then just, here's your finger done. You don't have to type anything in. That's just that that whole ease of use is is really good. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I love using Apple Pay. I'm a, an iPhone user and, and a MacBook user, and and when you can just use the the thumbprint there to complete payment, it is phenomenal. Yep. It's still relatively low penetration though, right? I mean, they're you know the uh, well for now. The, yeah, while the iPhone is still you know the most popular model or whatever, they're more Android users than. Than iPhone users, so so you think that that Apple Pay will take will continue to gain market share, or do you, or do you think it's going to be another payment player? I, or? I, th- 
I think, I mean, Android Pay and Apple Pay, like that whole sort of ecosystem, I think is going to yeah. work fine. Yeah. I think it's both. I mean, it's, it has to be both, right? Um, you know, people have tried to do this whole thing and I'm like, it's, it's worth, I, I actually talked to two different startups about two years ago, trying to do the same thing that Apple just does it now. Right. You know? So it's right. kind of like, why would you start a company that way? Um, and it does make sense. I, and I, and I like the way you frame that. It does make sense that it would go back to the, the OS, right? It would go back to the mobile operating system that, Hey, it, it's, you're going to trust, uh, Android and Android pay if you're on the Android, uh, platform, you're going to trust. Apple Pay if you're on iOS. And so, yeah, that, that does, that makes a lot of sense. I think that, that, that makes it sense. And then everything else in between, you know, we look at payments really from the perspective of, you know, on the higher side, you kind of got to go battle that all the time. You're still going to deal with old school people because that's where your best rates are still, you know? Um, if you look at it, you know, if, if you're, if you're doing a hundred, $200 million in sales, you're not going to use something like Stripe. It's too expensive. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's still too expensive. But if you're starting out and that's all you can get and that's the only thing approval you can get, you kind of have to deal with it. Yep. Makes sense. So uh, let's let's talk about uh, kind of the problems you guys are, are solving right now. And it may be related to some of the things we just talked about. But as you guys work with clients and they bring you on and they say, man, we need strategy help. We need help executing this stuff. We need help with processes, all those things. What are, what are some of the most common problems and pain points that you're being asked to solve right now? Um, off the get-go, usually it's speed. It's speed of checkout. It's speed of the site. Um, making, you know, those kind of things are, are quite important. Um, we sometimes get hired for just a specific issue. Um, and usually it's around those kind of things where it's, it's a database issue. It's, you know, speed of the site is kind of still important. And then it goes towards mobile and how you integrate with the ERP systems and, you know, kind of make that more efficient with workflows and things like that. Um, that's usually the, the main ones, but the speed of the site just comes up all the time. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, we, we talked about this on a, on a previous podcast, but you know, every second you can knock off of uh, page load time or, or you know, cart load time mm-hmm. increases conversion rates uh, by a substantial percentage. And and we're a, we're a Google Premier partner, so we're very closely with with Google, and and they've even put out a, a new initiative where they're looking at client sites and then recommending these you know mobile optimization meetings with their mobile mm-hmm. speed strategists and things you can get on a call with Google and they'll tell you all the things you need to change to, uh, to make your site faster and things. Yeah. And, and especially in a more involving mobile world, right? People are a lot more on the phone than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so is that, are most of the issues or maybe, maybe most is the wrong way to frame it, but a growing number of the issues that, that your merchants are talking about related uh, to just how to get the more, how to get more from mobile, how to make mobile work better. Yeah. Um, it's definitely towards that, you know, everything kind of, we try to do as responsive as possible, um, for mobile stuff. We're bigger fans of the mobile web itself, unless there's very specific things for an application. Um, agreed. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the belief. Um, anybody that asks us to do a, 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 an app where like, this just makes no sense a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, how many apps do you use? You know I mean? I use, I use the Amazon app. I use the Zappos app on occasion, but really for every other retailer, that I shop, I'm just on the, I'm just on their site. Right. Right. And then, and that's the, that's the argument, right? You definitely want the Amazon one. It's just, that's just given. Um, but you can, the, the problem I always see is people are like, well, Google or Amazon or Facebook does this. I'm like, what? Well, that you're not 
any three of those. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just not. So the strategies those guys use and the strategies that you should be using are two different worlds completely because, yes. you know, if you look at really Amazon's pages, they're terrible, right? They're terrible for a typical small e-commerce sites if you do it right from UX point of view. But for what they sell and how they sell, they're perfect. They're yep. supposed to be that way, right? They also change it every minute or every two minutes of where stuff is or where it should be. Like that's just how they work. You can't afford to do that. So I think there's definitely that struggle a lot of times. Yeah, I, I coach I coach my son's basketball team. He's a, he's a freshman and and you know, we have some some players talking about, well, you know, Steph Curry does like this. You know, I mean, he makes this move or this pass or this shot. And I'm like, that's that's great, but that's that's Steph. You know, you, you're going to have to work on the fundamentals and just just a good solid chess pass right, right. now. That, you know, we, Stephen yeah. Curry is in his mid 20s and he's been playing since he was seven. Yeah. yeah. And he's in the NBA. Yeah, There's yeah. a difference. Now, I, I hate to correct you, Bart, but it's, it's Steph or, or Stefan. Did, did you did you say did you say Stefan or did you say Stephen? I thought I heard Stephen, but maybe, maybe in my ears. I don't watch basketball. Okay, <laughs> it's you know totally who he cool. is. I got yeah. the Curry thing right. You know, you know, I know who he is. He's, uh, for, but that's about it. Yeah, it's totally cool. I uh, so my last name's Curry, obviously. So I'm I'm pretty certain that we're distant cousins. Uh, our <laughs> ju- our jump shot looks so similar. We've got we've got to be related. And, and so, right. so, yeah. no, 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 I I'm definitely a different. Yeah, I've never been into basketball. I'm definitely a different sports. Right on, right on. That's that's awesome. Um, so what about what about so we've, we've talked about Amazon a decent amount. What, how do your clients view Amazon? Are they saying, Hey, this is a marketplace we're going to harness and get all of, you know, kind of get all the benefit we can out of it. Is it, is it a pure enemy? Is it in the frenemy space? How do, how do your clients view Amazon? Yes, yes. And yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's usually the case. Yeah. It depends on the client. Um, for the most part, they use it. Um, we have actually a client that has, I think we're on 12 different marketplaces altogether, I believe, which Amazon's one of them. Um, people use it. I mean, it's it's the biggest thing. I actually had a conversation with some somebody yesterday about, um, you know, that's the only place they sell on. They don't have their own store. They literally right, just sell right. Amazon, which is amazing. And, and that's what it is. But um, And there's some big companies. I mean, there are, there are companies in the 30 million plus that mm-hmm. a year that just sell on Amazon. That's all they do. Just sell on the marketplace, which is, exactly. is crazy. Which is great. Um, but we have, you know, we have clients that do sell on top of it. you have to deal with it. It's just it's one of those, it is just a necessity of being on there. It's like being on Google. It's the same thing, right? Yep. It's probably more important for a lot of those people now that to be on Amazon itself than to actually care about what Google does. Yeah. I mean, and we talk about this a lot. And we obviously we work a ton with Google and I, I you know, search is still growing in a lot of ways, and I think gonna be around a long time, but yeah, I mean, over half of product searches now take place on Amazon. So yeah, you just go to Amazon search, right? And then now they have the advertising product, which is yep. interesting in itself. It's a great product. It's a great product. Right. Yeah, we, and we and that's that's been a, a shift that we've seen, and we and we manage Amazon ad campaigns as well. But we've seen several clients that are looking at their search budget and saying, "Well, I, you know, it makes sense that I would shift at least a healthy chunk of that to Amazon because they've got you know the market share on product search." I mean, in, in reality, any client like that could shift half their budget to Amazon and half their budget to Facebook and forget Google and be fine and be actually probably better off. There's some cases. I mean, we still, you know, I would still make the case that that Google traffic is fundamental and foundational for a lot of people. But, but that said, Facebook opens up a lot of opportunities on the display side. 
you know, if you have a strong presence, we still have some merchants that only a small, you know, select portion of their catalog is on Amazon. Um, but, but yeah, you can, I mean, those two channels talk about places that have burst onto the scenes in the last few years. Yeah. Facebook is huge for driving retail traffic and, and Amazon of course is a juggernaut. So yeah, those, those two feel still right now kind of still feel like, uh, when Google first came out with AdSense kind of have that fun feeling of like it's still cheap enough it's still you can go get it you know what i mean yeah absolutely and and, and uh, i think on both yeah both platforms we're seeing some of the cpcs the cost per click go up pretty uh, pretty steadily on amazon and, and on facebook too but but they're both still in their infancy absolutely so yeah. a lot lots of exciting stuff to be to be done there um, do you see any any legitimate contenders to amazon like is anybody going to give them a run for their money or, or, and, and if so, who has the best shot? Um, Alibaba. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, those globally. Those, yeah. Globally. globally yeah. Um, Alibaba, Tmall, like those guys, I mean, I, but obviously Tmall is owned by Alibaba. Um, yeah, those guys, um, Walmart, Walmart is going to be playing that game the whole time. I don't think they have a shot, but that's just my opinion. I might be wrong, but I don't think they have a shot. They'll play it. They'll play it as long as they can. And because they have no choice, they have to, um, but it's going to be, it. I don't think anybody's going to really catch up to those guys. Yeah, I, I would, I would tend to agree there. There's certainly not a clear path for that right now. There's, there's nobody that, that you would say, yeah, well, Amazon better, better watch out. And I think that the thing about Amazon and this is, uh, what could have been said about about Google years ago is, you know, they, they they're innovating so fast and they're they're mm-hmm. looking so far ahead that, you know, just like just just like with the acquisition of, you know, here's Walmart going and buying Bonobos and well, yeah, but Amazon bought Whole Foods and they yeah, right. and, and then right. the, it's, it's, it's the same kind of idea, right? So if you really think about this, right? If somebody comes out and goes, all right, we're the next Amazon, Amazon's like, well, we'll just buy you, right? Right? Yeah. If they if they if they get even close, like if they if they right. Uh, you know, like like Mark Laurie and Diapers.com and Quidzy back in the day. They weren't even close. I mean, if you really think about it, they were definitely not close. And Amazon has been doing this for a very long time. And it wasn't profitable on purpose for a very long time to set all this stuff up. Yep. Yeah, which makes that barrier to entry of the next person that would like to do that. And good good luck. You're going to be able to go uh, that long without being profitable. And that's, and, right. And then the only way to do that is if Alibaba goes, all right, now we want a full U.S. presence and that's what we're doing. Right. That's the only way that's going to happen. But I don't think that will. Yeah. Yeah. That would be will be interesting to watch, though, for sure. So let's talk about let's go omni-channel here, and uh, and we'll just uh, use that word, even though it makes uh, some people a little little be, queasy to be hear. You it. Cringe. It does. It does. It's so old, and but anyway, everybody knows what it means, and it's it's still uh, kind of useful. So anyway, it's like how, uh, it's like for me, it's e-commerce. It's just right. commerce. Just people. commerce now. Yeah, nobody thinks about that. You talk to a millennial, they don't think about e-commerce versus. In just stores, buying just, stuff. just buying just stuff, buying man. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just want to buy my stuff. So, where where is retail headed? What what is omnichannel going to look like? What what are some trends you're really excited about, just for commerce in general? Um, so I had this discussion yesterday too, uh, and it was really particular about Amazon stuff, but uh, it's just channels. It's it's like. Um, it's like uh, when social media came out, it was like all oh, social media. And that really is just all media. It's just marketing. It's what it is. It's the same thing with e-commerce where it's just channels you're selling on. It doesn't really matter. So there's going to be more and more and more. I think there's a really good chunk of a marketplaces now. Um, you know, Amazon, eBay, um, Google has whatever they're searching on. And then um, Tmall, 
instead of Alibaba, you know, and then you kind of go and then you go for smaller stuff. Very particular markets have their own sort of little plays like the sneaker market definitely has few things out there that are their own thing. Um, so you kind of sell all nine of those. Yeah. And, and one thing that is interesting, you know, I mentioned millennials a minute ago, but but there's also this trend. So, you know, obviously Amazon's just grabbing a market share left and right, but there's also a trend to you know, kind of this craftsmanship model, you know, from from craft brews, which have been popular for a while, to to craft coffee, to mm-hmm. you know, small boutique uh, retail operations and, and things like that. So, uh, do you think there's there's going to continue to be this great blend of online and offline ex- experiences, and and what does that look like for you know merchants of of the size of client you're talking to? Um. I think that yes, you're you're right. There's going to be that experiential sort of and conversational kind of commerce coming out along uh, with this kind of things, right? Where, like you said, there's whole this craft sort of brew and caring where stuff comes from. I think a lot more people are going to have very particular sort of apps where sites that say curation of of those things, um, and then experiential, meaning that if you buy these few beers. You get to see the brewery. Those kind of things, I think, are going to come around a lot more, where people kind of want to know where stuff comes from and what it is. Um, whereas, you know, somebody like Amazon and stuff like that can't really do that and target that well. So, I think, um, in a wrong about an answer, I think if e-commerce stores or commerce stores figure out sort of how to take advantage of those kind of things, I think that's where where you play that game. Yeah, that makes sense. We're I'm in Springfield, Missouri, which is actually home of Bass Pro Shops. Uh, first one mm-hmm. started here, founders here, all that. Um, and, and really Bass Pro is known for, it's not just retail, right? You're going to, it's like an outdoor museum and it's, it's yep. this paradise for hunters and fishers and outdoor people. And it's a beautiful place. Um, do you, do you see things like that gaining traction? So where I'm trying yeah. to create this experience, whether it's all offline or online or combination. Yeah. I mean, look at Bonobos, look at, um, Warby Parker, um, those kind of things are, are pretty set there, right? Warby Parker with glasses and things like that. Bonobos, like, you know, they were, um, we used to do a lot of work for them. Um, with with their like with their guide shops and things like that is that is that yeah yeah with their guide shop stuff right they started as one and then they, now they have when you go to a guide shop you go there and try stuff on and they'll send it to you you don't actually go buy anything in the store like you don't physically walk out of stuff with it in the store they'll send it to you next day um, but you can try them on and things like that so those kind of things where they're boutiquey you know things like that so you don't have to walk around you just get, you get home next day it's there right. Um, I think a lot more stuff is going to happen that way. Yeah, it makes sense because there, there's still some, you know, when, when it's done right, you know, take, take the Bass Pro example or, or the Bonobos Guide Shop. When it's done right, you can't really have the exact same experience online. And sometimes you don't want to, right? Sometimes I, I want to go see the huge aquarium and, and then go buy some stuff while I'm at, at Bass Pro. Or, or sometimes I, I need a little help with someone picking out my clothes, right? Because I'm not very good at that. So I, or I need to know, do these pants really fit? Or, or you know, so having that, that expert on staff there locally to help you uh, makes a lot of sense. It just seems like companies have to do it better, right? The in-store experience just has to be better, smarter. There has to be a reason for it, mm-hmm. uh, it seems. And then um, things like uh, sort of if you look at f- from from that perspective, um, in New York, um, there's a company called Bulletin. 
I don't know if you ever heard of them. I, I, I've not. No, you said Bulletin? Bulletin. Okay. Yeah. Um, what there's kind of like is you've heard of WeWork, obviously. Yes, I have. Cheap, I have. Yeah. Um, think about shared space for a retail store, meaning that, you know, retailers, you know, retail store in, in Soho, if you do it by yourself, is very, very expensive. Yes. So what these guys do. Prohibitively so. Yeah. It's crazy. So basically what they do is they rent the whole space and then divide it up between you know, small seller. So you get a little space or, or, you know, bookshelf basically. Um, and then you rent that out, um, as then, and they put it in your, in, on the, on their online store, but also in their stores and sort of more curated type of feel. And that's kind of interesting because you can kind of have this experience of almost, every, like a, almost like a flea market only, only something oh, with, with new stuff and right. Yeah. But also like every bulletin store and they have three of them right now, I believe, um, is different, right? It's, it's not everything, but it's just different. And that's kind of interesting sort of approach. And then like it, it, it makes it for small sellers that the Etsy crowd, right? Really? Um, uh, it makes it more affordable to do so. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Any, any other, any other kind of omni-channel trends or, or directions that, that retail is, is heading? And I guess I may just ask you specifically, do you have, Thoughts on on buy online pickup in store or you know curbside pickup for for grocery. Any thoughts on on where that's headed and, and how that might take off? I think that's nobody knows. Uh, yeah. That's my opinion. Nobody really <laughs> knows. Everybody's trying stuff. Like Walmart is trying the. Um, they're actually trying two different things. A, they're putting the sort of the refrigerator, big huge sort of pickup thing in their um, what's it called in their parking lot. Um, and you can just, you know, order your groceries and you pick it up. Um, the other one they're kind of trying is like, um, sort of, uh, using the store employees when they go home as an Uber delivery, which is interesting. 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 Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with that, but then you have the Amazon side of it, right? Where they're like, no one's going to work in our store. We're just going to have it there and just walk in and walk out. It's, it's kind of weird. Curb pickup. I, I mean, I think it's trickier in places like in New York, everything's delivered, right? And I have 10 different choices to have something delivered at all hours of the day and, and night. It doesn't really matter, right? Um, I think where some of this stuff, like the drones, the deliveries for groceries, stuff like that, are going to be kind of cool in very, very rural areas where you're far away and things like that. I think the drone stuff is going to be, I think that's fascinating for me to deliver stuff, you know, in areas that, you don't get liturgies as much as, as as I get in New York. Absolutely, and and, and it is going to be interesting to watch the delivery space. And and, and for us, we, we have a lot of kids, and and so my wife is very excited about the you know buy you know order your groceries online and then and then drive and just do the curbside pickup. I think that, but that has more of an application in in suburban areas or or, or slightly mm-hmm. more rural areas. Yep. But yeah, it's definitely going to be going to be interesting to watch, no doubt. Um, well, Bart, this has been this has been awesome. It's been super fun. I mean, time has, has flown by. Uh, what what resources would you recommend? I know you guys have a, a great blog and great resources. Uh, what are some some resources you'd recommend? And then how can folks get in touch with you or follow you? Because you got a podcast as well and some other things mm-hmm. going on. Um, from an e-commerce point of view, I mean, we you know all the industry news and everybody else like Retail Dive or IRC and and all the stuff that we read every day, um, just to see what's going on. Um, uh, how to contact us? Just sumoheavy.com. 
um, on every single social media site. I believe that's what we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, looks like it says so on your website. So I think so. I, that's what I was told. Um, if uh, you want to call, email me about anything, I'm Bart at SumoHeavy.com. Uh, we do have a podcast. Um, the best thing actually to do is sign up for our newsletter because we release it every Wednesday. Um, and it usually has a little bit about news that we're in, um, industry news, some fun things. Um, that's what we do. And the newest thing we do right now is on Anchor. Uh, we do some e-commerce minutes on it. Um, I know you haven't heard about Anchor. I know you were schooling me on up. Anchor a little bit ago. I'm I'm, I'm uh, uh, sad to say I've never heard of it, but it sounds pretty awesome. It just makes a, a, a bit of a radio station for us. Very cool. And name of the podcast is The Register E-Commerce Podcast. I recommend it. Go go check that out and and follow Bart and team and see all the awesome stuff they're they're up to. And and so with that, any any final words of wisdom, any final bold predictions, any anything you want to go out on here, Bart? Just keep on selling. Yeah, that hey, you know what? At the end of the day, it comes back to that, right? You got to be got to be selling, got to be Got to be profitable. Got to be making it happen. So, That's right. uh, Bart, this has been a ton of fun, man. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, enjoyed the chat. We'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thanks, Brett. All right. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of or less of. And as always, we'd love to have a review in iTunes. And so with that, until next time, thank you for tuning in. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.